Journey with Me to the Book of Psalms, 115, verses 1, 2, and 3. Psalm 115, verses 1, 2, and 3. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory, for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. This is God's word, of course, and this morning we come with our fifth solo, solo de gloria. And I have given you the history of these documents um, that were established even in the first quarter of the 16th century, um, where the Protestant Reformation began. And every Christian should read of the Protestant Reformation. In fact, every teacher of the Bible should know about the Protestant Reformation and what happened. We should educate ourselves. I didn't know so much of a Protestant Reformation until I began reading. And, and these doctrines were formulated, but they were lost um, during the long season where men developed the gospel of works um, you hear the term accepting Jesus only was coined recently. And men begin to teach that man is responsible for his salvation. He can make a choice whenever he wants. And man can make a choice when it comes to service. And all of these doctrines are erroneous. So when someone come now and insists on these doctrines, they are called a Calvinist. The word is used in a derogatory manner um, to silence the doctrines of grace. But we have to follow the steps of our fathers um, who suffered immensely for teaching these doctrines. These doctrines were recovered and brought back to light by what people, who people call today Reformed Christians. And, and, and that is why we bring these doctrines back. I think these five um, solos is based on the five points of Calvinism that you should also know. And I plan to, next to go through these five points of Calvinism with you to show you the difference and match them alongside of the five points that Arminians push forward. And you let you make the distinction when you see them presented before you. Um, and so that today we have come to the final doctrine. It's formulated in what we call the five solas of the Protestant Reformation. Sola de Gloria is a Latin phrase that means glory to God alone. Now we sing the song, To God Be the Glory. We sing this in, 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 um, in theory. And yes, to God be the glory. But in actuality, we 
do something else. The practice of men often seek to take the glory for, uh, for themselves. And that's why we read that psalm, not unto us, not unto us, Lord, but to thy name be the glory. The doctrines we have covered so far is sola scriptura, or scripture alone, to solo Christos. Christ alone, three, solo fidea, faith alone, and four, solo gratia, grace alone. When we all agree with these principles, but today we will consider solo gloria, which is glory to God alone. Now these five solas, as I said, are what distinguishes the Protestant Reformation or those who are Reformed um, in, their, in their teaching. In our allotted time, we will speak on what is meant by glory to God alone. The verse I use was Psalm 115, 1 through 3, and it's a good verse. A good verse for to set the tempo of what I'm about to say. And the first question we will raise and answer is what is the glory of God? Second, to whom is the glory of God revealed? Everybody can see or will not see the glory of God. Um and three, how the glory of God is displayed today. What is the glory of God? Well, the glory of God is not anything spectacular. It's not a bright light that we see. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3 tells us, The whole earth is filled of his glory. When Isaiah had his vision, Isaiah was pronouncing woes, on everyone until he get a glimpse of the Lord Jesus. And he said, the whole earth is filled with his glory. It is just that man does not see the glory of God because it is hidden from our eyes. In the days of the tabernacle, the glory of the Lord appeared in such a way that people could not go into the tabernacle. Moses was allowed to go in. When the temple of Solomon was completed, we are told that the glory of God filled the temple. The glory of God first is revealed in creation. Psalm 19, 1 and 2, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day, utter of speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. The glory of God can be summarized as the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And that's what the heavens declare to us. The Lord Jesus is the very personification of the glory of God. John 1.14, and the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we 
beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth and truth. Everyone will not and cannot behold the glory of God. You remember Jesus in his prayer in Matthew 11 says, I thank you, O Father, that thou hast revealed these things to babes, that thou hast hidden these things in actuality from man and has revealed them to babes, for so it is good in thy sight. Everyone will not behold the glory of Christ. Paul the Apostle limits the reception of the glory of Christ to believers, true believers. 2 Corinthians 3.18, he says, But we all, and the phrase all, Paul was speaking of those who believe on Christ, those who believe the gospel, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The glory of the Lord is revealed when we open up the Word of God and we see the Lord Jesus Christ. As we were saying, every time the Scriptures are open, they're speaking to us. All of us, all of you are being addressed this morning from the word of God. And when the word is preached, all of you, all of us, I may add, are being exposed to the glory of God. And we wish that this glory would be revealed. But we want to show some ways that Christ must receive all glory, some practical ways. First, Christ must receive all glory in salvation. If you have a salvation where you receive part of the glory, that is not the salvation of the word of God. And you say, but I, I don't believe that. And, and yes, some of you do. Some of us do. Some of us are quick to say the part we play, I made a decision and the Lord saved me. Where, where do you read that in the Bible? In principle, you are taking the glory from Christ. God must receive all the glory in salvation. Paul, the apostle in that beautiful benediction, in Romans 11, asks a series of rhetorical questions as he put man in his place. And Romans 11, 34 through 36, made it clear when the apostle asks these questions, for who have known the mind of the Lord? No one. Or who have been his counselor? No one. Or who have first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? No one. And then the apostle concludes, For of him, and through him, and to him, are all things to whom be glory forever. 
can't want anything clearer than that. We didn't give to God our prayer, our decision, our will. We give nothing because God alone receives the glory. Anytime we come up with a salvation that shares the glory with man, we are on the wrong wagon. Men have said that salvation is God doing his part and man doing his part. Thus, the two working together accomplish salvation. You need to drop that rubbish and give God all the glory in salvation. You see, once we give God, once we share the glory of God in salvation, obviously we are giving ourselves an option to serve. And that is dangerous. And this is one of the big struggles in the church where many people are convinced they're saved, but they don't go any further than that. You need to re-examine the salvation plan you're following. When we give all the glory to God, we cannot help but wanting to serve God. Some people say, oh, when you believe that, um, it's, it's going to limit you from witnessing. It doesn't. It motivates us more to witness. I go to Africa every year. And yet I believe in the sovereignty of God. Literally thousands of people we have spoken to and rubbed shoulders with. Are all of them going to be saved? No. But those who God is drawing to himself will be saved. We rest in that. We labor. We spend. And are being spent for the purposes of God drawing who he wills to himself. And at the end of the day, we are unprofitable servants. So these doctrines are doctrines that I love. I'm glad Felix is here with us. I think he support what I'm saying 100%. Uh, I, I will be shocked if he differs because his pastor teaches these truths also. Men have said a lot of things, um, but whatever man says, Paul says, doesn't really matter. The Bible reiterates this fact in Ephesians 1, another classical text, in verses 1, in chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, where the apostle says, talking about God's plan of redemption and, uh, and salvation, he says, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he have made us accepted in the beloved. Um, I think this, this phrase is repeated about three times in Ephesians 1. It's, it's like a song with a chorus, and this is the chorus to the praise of his glory. Um, if you go through Ephesians 1, you would see, you would see this. According to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he have made us 
accepted in the beloved. This phrase, accepted in the beloved, is also, it also means to be highly favored. And we read it in Luke chapter, chapter 2, where the, the angel said to Mary, Behold, uh, Mary, thou art highly favored. The only way Mary was highly favored is because she was accepted in the beloved. She was saved by grace. The same applies to Daniel, a man that was highly favored. Um, we're told that no found grace in the eyes of God. So uh, this truth of salvation reaches all the way back to the Old Testament. It's not a New Testament phenomenon. So Christ must receive the glory in salvation. The Lord said through the prophet Isaiah, I am the Lord, and that is Christ. That is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Um, so God doesn't share his glory. He's very disturbed when you and I try to pocket God's glory. So this is the first matter at hand. God must receive the glory in salvation. Uh, if you are sharing in that miraculous event, look again at your doctrines. Second, Christ must receive all the glory in worship. In our worship. Man has a way of taking the glory from the Lord and claiming it for themselves when they approach God in worship. We, we said the worship means what it means, that Christ is worth worship. We should keep a low profile in worship. Times there are too much unnecessary words and those who are leading in worship, too much unnecessary words. We should say only that what we are asked to say or that which is necessary to say. I try to keep a low pro profile if I am called to lead in worship. Others try to lighten up worship with words. Worship is not a matter to be lightened up with jokes. All of this is an attempt to share God's glory. And we notice that we try as much as possible to take ourselves out of the picture when it comes to worship. Because we have a way of parading ourselves. Dress appropriately, you don't bring attention to yourself. When you are leading in worship. The psalmist says, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Then the psalmist asks a question. Why should the heathen say, where is now their God? If we give honor and glory to ourselves, where, where is God in the whole matter? The heathen will say, well, where is God in this? All, all I see is 
his, 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 his brother Colin up there making jokes and talking, talking off the top of his head. Where is God in this? Worship has many components where God is to be glorified. For instance, in preaching, not only in leading, in preaching. Glory must go to Christ, not the preacher. Preachers don't need to be applauded for preaching before or after the sermon. We do not have to be introduced with our three doctor's degrees and how many books we, we, we wrote. All of this takes away the glory of Christ. I'm not saying that we should not be respectful. We ought to be, and we ought to appreciate the labors of men. But we don't worship men. We worship God. In our preaching, we have a way of bringing attention to ourselves. Taking the glory away from the Lord Jesus. Christ must receive the glory in preaching. And if our preaching is biblically based, or as they would say, biblically centric, Christ centric, when we find Christ and we share Christ, God is getting the glory. A lot of men would preach, but they would rarely present Christ in the scriptures. They present their education, how much knowledge they have acquired, how many books they have read. But the Lord Jesus must get the glory in preaching. And sometimes it is better for some men not to know a whole lot about the scriptures. Master the Bible. That's all you need to do. Master the scriptures. Paul says that he didn't, he didn't pretend to know anything but the Lord Jesus Christ and him crucified. And yet the apostle Paul was a master theologian. You would have never known that. He says, when I come, I didn't come with enticing words, lest you believe in men. And the Corinthians thrive on that. Great philosophers. And Paul says, I didn't come like that. Christ must receive the glory, brethren, in our preaching and in our teaching. Stay back. Stay back. And show Christ. He must receive glory in worship, in leading, in preaching. In public prayer, Christ must receive glory. We should not seek to preach as we pray. Some men are good at this. They, didn't call, they, were, they weren't called to preach, but they get up to pray and they begin preaching. You didn't call to do that. Be quiet. There's hypocrisy. Don't attempt. To preach when you pray. I learned this in the modules at Pastor Martin um, at Trinity. 
And when he would say to the call on the men to pray, he would tell them, don't attempt to preach. There's a man here that will stand up on, on, to preach. Don't attempt to show how much you know of scripture. Pray according to God's will. Pray according to the directives given. Obviously, you may quote a verse, but never quote a verse and exegete the verse when you're praying. You're attempting to preach. And I hate when people do that. You see right through them. Taking the glory from Christ. Show of knowledge instead of supplication to God. Always remember the Pharisee and the publican. The Pharisee was preaching. The publican was a poor suppliant. Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner. There is a whole lot of theology in that and not in what the other one was saying. God, the Bible says that he went down to his house justified. Even in our posture, the Lord ought to receive the glory. Unnecessary moving around. Slouching over the back of the chair in worship. I spoke to some of you about that already. <laughs> One time I was sitting here in the front doing Tuesday night prayer meeting. And when I got home, my wife said to me, why do you slouch over the chair like that? Don't you say you shouldn't do it? I said, thank you, my son. Time for relaxation, you think. Posture. You look around and see the posture of some people. Children, I look and I brought it to some attention. Instead of looking directly to the front, they're making a bold face like this. What do you want to see back there that is better than seeing and hearing what's here in the Bible? And we must need, teach our children to focus in the front. And sometimes I feel like coming to the person and doing like this. Turn around. You are teaching children to worship. I say that we go to the conference every year. I go there every year and calling come with a few people. But some of you need to drive over there. Some of you here that playing and that teaching need to drive over there and come to the public meeting. And you will observe some practical things with children. Children coming in with their little notepads they are following a prayer meeting in worship. Not that Trinity is better than anybody else. But you learn from visiting other congregations of Reformation. You learn. Some of you never even take the time to drive over there. But you should. God receives the glory 
in our posture as well as our prayer and our preaching. All these things are obvious distractions in worship. Paul said to the Thessalonians, neither did we at any time use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others. When we might have been, been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. Now, City View Baptist Church has made some strides. Where anything goes was the motto of worship. Happy birthdays, applause. Um, but there are still areas of reform in our worship that we need to bring under the glory of God. So Christ must receive the glory in worship. In leading in worship, in public prayer, in preaching, in posture, attention must not be drawn to self, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we come to our third and final heading. I think there's the next one after this. Christ should receive glory in our daily living. Giving Christ the glory is not limited to the church on Sundays. We don't stop seeking to give glory to God when we leave the church. As a matter of fact, the apostle said, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And this is under the context of people eating meat offered to idols. But even when you go out on a casual note, you should do these things where the Lord receives glory. You don't, you don't go to the food port and see how much food you can grab and bring it back to the table. Even this you should be modest with. You should also give way to other people, you know, in, in, in when you're going out. If the last chicken wing is there and you had one already, even for somebody else, you don't have to have the last chicken wing. You stand back. Well, you don't hear these things preach. Sometimes we should be like this. Brother, you can go. I, I had one already. God the glory. Daily living, result of the church, where many seek to bring glory to themselves. I see this whole matter of, I went on this link, Facebook, this, this um, link that came to me, and I decided I was going to open it to see. And I saw some familiar faces. And how come you can subscribe to Facebook and splash your photos all over? And some of you can't even get up to pray. It is good that I look at that platform. It is amazing to see what Christians do. Where is the glory of Christ? Put a scripture verse there. Give a testimony. 
I brought it to Brother Curtis, Brother Colin, and Brother Offneal's attention yesterday. Some familiar faces that I know from the church. Always remember somebody is watching you, the song says. Why would I want to be on the Facebook like this? Or showing on my, my bus line. Well, I ain't got no bus lines. But you know good enough what I'm saying. Let God receive the glory in your living. Well, that's why this church is like that. I say that all the time. What you're doing secret would be brought to light. I thank God, Jackie, for this, but I didn't see you doing nothing there. Where to find you? Pastor have to pull out every stop to be an effective minister to his people. I go there, I want to see. I didn't even tell Marcel anything. I want to educate myself to what's going on in this church. Can you imagine men like Moses Mafume, Tashawna Jazzy, David Cambiver, all these men in Zimbabwe that can't even buy? They're there. What's, what's so special about that? I ain't see a scripture verse there. What's going on? Who's getting the glory in our daily living? I, I want to know. It's all right to give God glory in the worship, in salvation, but what about daily life? The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Not glorify me, myself on earth. These are some basic truths surrounding the doctrine of sola gloria, glory to Christ alone, specifically salvation, worship, daily living. And because of this, Christians ought to consider these things as I close with you. God's people should seek to promote the glory of Jesus Christ. This should be our aim in the church to promote the glory of Christ, to point others to Christ. The way we dress, the way we speak, the conversations we lead should be done in such a way that we are not the object of attention. Second, as the people of God, we should live to preserve the glory of Christ. What did guy say? Jeffrey Smith, we are only one generation away from apostasy. How do one do this? We heard Brother Ronald talking about mentoring last week. And I said, men can only be mentored if they were mentored. Three, as Christians, we should prepare or we should be prepared 
to partake in the glory of Christ. We can only do this if we are truly born again. Jesus said that when he returned, that the wicked will be punished when he come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. This is when he comes again. As a matter of fact, Jesus prayed in John 17 that he will, that those whom the Father give him would behold his glory. And that, of course, refers to the believers when Jesus comes. They will, they will see him as he is in all of his splendor and his glory. So, brethren, I've sought to share with you this last log and solo the Gloria with some pointed applications at the end. Glory of Christ and glory of God is nothing spectacular. I remember Moses demanded, Lord, show me your glory. And God responded to him, Moses, you ask a tall order. There's no man that ever seems my glory and live. But this is what I'll do for you, Moses. I will hide you in the cleft of the rock. And I will pass by and you will see my back parts only. Otherwise, you'll be consumed. Um, and that rock that Moses was hidden in is a picture of Christ. In order for us to see and preserve the glory of God, we must be hidden in Christ. And I hope you understand, otherwise you will never appreciate the glory of God. Neither would you seek to give God glory, neither would you seek to preserve the glory because you are not hidden in Christ. So let's pray. Our Father, we give thanks for this topic. Very interesting, very true. We pray that in these elements that we would seek to honor you. Give glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.